Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. I am here by popular demand. She's back, the first repeat guest that we've had on the pod, Alicia Lycos. Alicia, welcome back. Thank you, James. Very excited. <laughs> so you've been on the podcast before where you shared how to hire and develop kick-ass in-house marketers. If you didn't uh, listen to that pod and you don't know Alicia, Alicia is one of Australia's leading authorities on HR and talent optimization, former HR consultant at Unisys Australia, Civic Video, HR director at Object Consulting and the SAS Institute, an accredited predictive index certified analyst, um, and Alicia's currently CEO and Chief Talent Optimizer at the Red Wolf Group. So she works with a really diverse range of businesses to use data to develop and then implement leadership and talent management strategy. So today we are going to be discussing a topic which I think every marketer on the podcast has to be interested in. It's pay rises. How much are you worth? How do you get more money? How do you make bank? How to discuss it? What are you worth? Short-term consequences, long-term consequences. Um, I thought in terms of getting into it, I thought the logical place to start was just the current the current climate out there. Like obviously it's a strange time, unemployment rates are low, job um, openings and vacancies are high. We hear a lot about inflation in the States, inflation in Australia. So I guess you're at the coalface of the talent market in the country. Like what are you seeing out there? Yeah, look, I mean, the Australian Bureau of Stats just released um, some February data that we've got over 400,000 job openings, 380,000 of those are pretty much in the private sector. So what that's showing us is this absolute boom of job opportunities, whether Australian businesses are thriving at the moment in terms of our economy and how stable it is. Um, Interest rates are low. We are seeing businesses who've survived the last couple of years now going, oh, actually, we can start rebuilding and opening new roles and new opportunity. And I think this is then creating a bit of a false sense of security for a lot of people going, oh, actually, it's really easy to get a job. But probably why people are really considering, well, what am I worth? And and it's interesting, the money conversation, because money is really just, it's actually at the very bottom of our basic needs. So if you think of the Maslow hierarchy of needs, those basic life things we need, often we view money really sitting down there. There's a basic need that we need around money and finances. But that obviously is a little bit higher, often the younger you are, because obviously you're probably saving for a house. And if you live in anywhere, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, you're probably really struggling with that concept. So I think it's no surprise that money is top conversation and we don't want that conversation to go away. In fact, this conversation will be paramount. It'll be at the front of most conversations this year because we know that when we put together our 10 global trends for 2022, pay was was one of those mm. those trends because people may have not taken an increase for a couple of years and, you know, backed a business that they were in and, and gone through that tough time and maybe taken a decrease or has stayed really stable. But now we need to, to proactively have those conversations um, on both sides. It yeah. needs to be a more proactive conversation. It's a tough one. And so 400,000 job openings at the moment, like what's typical? Uh, typical, you'd see it around the forty to 50,000. So we're seeing this. Um, I posted a stat on LinkedIn with my network and it's a, it's a crazy stat and it's obviously publicly available, but yeah. it's very... It's in alignment with what everyone is talking about in our space is that, oh, that no one's applying for jobs and very few applicants. Well, that's because what if there's 25 of the same roles? People go, well, I'm not applying for all 25. I'm only going to pick 
and apply for the ones that I really, really want to apply for. Um, hence our last conversation around <laughs> attracting top talent. But I think this then starts to, to impact people in the roles that they're in and really reflecting, well, what am I worth? And I think this conversation will escalate when Australian interest rates go up. So, because yeah, that obviously, if you've got a mortgage and you're on yeah. a variable, your mortgage payments is going up. Yeah, so, who are they going to go asking for money? Probably their employer. Yeah. And it is tough. Like, inflation is high, right? So, it's kind of, it's, um, it makes sense that, mm. you know, what a dollar was worth last year isn't what it's worth now. And you need to earn more money to live the same way you were. So, what are you seeing? Like, are you seeing talent move from one employer to another purely based on, Five percent, ten percent, whatever percent increase in salary. Um, people staying put, getting increases at their current employer. Like, what's the what's, what are the trends? Well, it depends, sort of, what industry you're in. But certainly, we are seeing people move for more money. But we're actually not seeing money as the primary driver. It's often the carrot. Yep. <laughs> so if you're on LinkedIn and you get headhunted, you go, "Oh, tell me, tell me how much, and you know what's that carrot?" And I think, of course, if someone's going to offer you forty percent more than what you're on now, I mean, how are you? You've got to seriously consider it. Yeah. But what I think people are truly looking for. And I think if you even ask yourself, what are you truly looking for? We're seeing things around flexibility. We're seeing things around career progression. We're seeing things around um, being empowered in your role, being in a safe workplace where you can have conversations and and not be living in fear. Uh, You can be working for a great culture that's living its purpose. I think we are all starting to question life we are caught they called last year the great resignation in the us and, and globally they're calling this year the, the great reinvention mm. but what we're saying it's actually really the great reflection because people are really sitting back and going oh what do i want what do i really want what's going to make me happy what's going to give me that lifestyle i want is this job going to give me that flexibility to have some passions and interests on the side? Is it going to give me that growth? Is it going to be meaningful? Is it going to be aligned with my passion? So we're definitely seeing people move even outside of their own industries to, to follow their dreams and passions because they're realizing that life is more than yeah. a paycheck. We've had two years to think. <laughs> yeah, we've had two years yeah. to think and we've had lockdown and we've had all these things happen. So the great reflection is what I'm calling it and a few of us in the industry in talent optimization are calling it. So yep. I think I'd I'd be thinking to yourself, yes, money is a key driver, but is it the only thing? What are those key things that are really important to you and, yep. and broadening your thinking? I think I was listening to a there are other podcasts on the market, which comes as a <gasps> shock. Shocking. I know, I know. I was listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about satisfaction at work and big big study in in the states saying that essentially salary has about a two percent impact on your general satisfaction so but we all know that we've got mortgages to pay and cars to pay for and we want to travel and do all the things we like to do so it clearly is important and the reason people are listening today is that it does matter and who doesn't want more money in their in their in their pay packet at the end of end of the fortnight so i think let's dig into it that's the climate and it's um it's a unique one, which I think also gives people opportunity, right? There's an opportunity out mm. there to get paid more um, and you should get what, what you're worth with certain caveats around what's actually going to give you satisfaction and long-term career growth. But mm. ha- first things first, taking a step back, like how do you know what you're actually worth as, a, as an employee? 
a very good question and it is a hard one to measure and sort of the first thing that most people go to mind when they think oh what am I worth they go to seek and they go oh I'm going to look at my job and I'm going to look at payscale.com and I'm going to work out like what my job's worth in the industry anything you find online for free is not true so in the sense it's highly inflated so typically it's only the data that goes into those is the top 10 to 20 percent of the market because the data that's going in from recruiters and things like payscale is from people who have moved the only way to get accurate market data of what particular roles are worth in particular industries is actually to buy the data and that's through an aon hewitt or a mercer and that's what companies do so companies will typically buy the salary survey data and then benchmark their staff to that and go, well, okay, this is what a marketing analyst is worth and a digital marketer is worth. And, you know, they've got pay scales in terms of the 50th percentile or you can pay at the bottom 25th percentile all the way up to the 75th percentile. So some companies make a really clear decision about where they want to pay their staff. Some companies just wing it and go, oh, we're not going to buy data. We'll just work it out. We kind of get a feel for the market, which is fine. And many businesses have to do that. The only way to get an accurate reading on what is everyone else getting paid is through buying that data, which most people aren't pretty I guess they're kind of different things, aren't they? Like what everyone Mm. else is getting paid isn't necessarily what you're worth. Right. Correct. And I think when we start to talk about worth, we have to have the conversation around value. Mm. And value is around the job that you're doing and the value that it brings to a business. Not, oh, I've I've spent X amount of hours working and you know it's you know $25 an hour or whatever it might be. It's about this task or this project. What is the value of this thing that I'm building, creating, delivering upon worth to the organization? Mm. Because how much can the business then sell it for or deliver it for? And, you know, at the end of the day, you're still a single person. There's probably multiple people that go into delivering a single thing. And then, as we know with businesses, there's typically what we call a three times formula that usually is applied to an employee. Yeah. So, I think we do need, you do need to think about the value versus your worth, the value that you're, you're providing through your role to the business. So, obviously, if you're an employee, you don't have access to the... Aons and the Mercers and hmm. whatever else. What do you do? Because I've a lot often job ad like it's frustrating to me as an employer. Like the idea that job ads go up and don't give a salary range. If I was on the other side, yeah. go well, I go into a supermarket. I don't know what something's worth. You're going to drag me through three interviews and then lowball me. Mm. Like, how do you get a bit of a handle on? I'm a certain type of marketer of this many years experience in this kind of space. I should be worth X. Like. Do you just rely on, as you said, the seeks, the pay scales to get a bit of an indicative kind of range? You speak to your yeah. colleagues? Yeah, yeah. I think you, you've, you've got to try and start somewhere. And so definitely having a look at those. So Hayes usually put out some good data because they look at such a large sample size. And yeah. What you don't want to be doing is going, oh, five people wrote on this blog. This is what that's they've been it, paid. Right? Well, that's yeah. not very helpful. Yeah. You want to look at as big a data set as you can. So Hayes are very good. Um, some of the very large recruitment companies will do huge amounts of recruitment in a particular role. Yeah. So they're the ones you'd be looking at. Going through CCADs is a very risky game because you don't know enough information about that company, their climate. It's So I would typically get you to have a look at recruiters' data more than CCADs do, do you- and, and then have conversations with people who are in the industry in terms of, are the senior people that might recruit those roles in the team. So, again, I always say 
in the business world, it's all about your network. It's about the community groups you're in. It's about your mentors and coaches and, and your contacts and being able to pick up the phone and have a conversation and say, hey, you work in a pretty similar industry or you've been in these roles before. I want to have a conversation with you about, you know, typically where would you see these roles sitting? Yeah. And there's an importance to differentiate roles to an individual. How much would this role be worth in an yeah. organization? You coming in with a different skill set might have a higher value, yeah. but you still need to think about what's the role worth. I think that's a really good distinction. I, I, I learned that lesson probably badly many years ago, but asking questions around what a role is worth as opposed to what someone gets paid, very distinct and I think also disarming. Um, and it also helps as an employer when we say, well, the role is worth X for us and mm-hmm. what you might be worth in a different role is, is a different um, different conversation. I think it takes a lot of the emotion out of the discussion around salary. So with the um, – because that's really practical, right? Like obviously if you're an employer, then you can weigh up whether you want to pay for the higher quality data. You're an individual looking at the recruiter staff, you know, cheap well, it's free. Um, do, you, do they sometimes kind of put higher salary rates than you might expect to kind of bait and switch people, do you think? Yeah. Typically, typically you would see those being always at the top end because you've got to remember they're people who've moved and accepted a role in the last six months yeah. and therefore it is going to be the top. So that is always going to be an inflated amount. Yeah. But it would be indicative of if you put your hand up for a job in that space, what you're likely to get paid. So mm. I'm not saying everyone in the industry is being paid that by yeah. any means. There'll be many people in a, in a broader, probably 20% band around that amount. So think of it that way. If you're looking at that data, that is the top amount. Don't think you're getting more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then go down by about 20% and that's typically the range most people will be getting paid. I think that's a good a good starting point. So let's pre- you look around or you've spoken to friends, you know that you, you might be underpaid or whatever it might be. When, how and when to approach it? Mm. It's it's a really interesting one because a lot of companies don't, you know, for many reasons, don't proactively have these conversations. So if you're in a smaller boutique type of company, you've got less than maybe 150 staff, there's a good chance there's not a formal process in place that says, oh, every April we're going to have salary reviews and it's everyone's getting a conversation. If that's the case, great. You need to wait for that unless you see something particularly disarming that you need to deal with. For example, you get headhunted. If you're getting headhunted, coming in at the last minute and going, I've been given an offer, these are really complex things to navigate um, because you need to think about it from the employer's perspective. Um, Do you tell them earlier on? Do you tell them later at the very end when you get a job offer? Um, There's probably different perspectives on all of that. Mm. But they're the reasons why you might proactively have a conversation about your salary outside of cycle. And then for the companies that aren't having a cycle, like there's no there's no formal process and you have to co- go to your manager, I would typically be going directly to your, your manager and using your one-on-ones as an opportunity to ask questions. So don't go in and go, I think I'm worth more money and I want to have a conversation about that because that's not helpful. <laughs> you want to go in and say, look, I really want to have a conversation about my career development here with mm-hmm. the business in terms of you know what I'm passionate about and where I can add the most amount of value. And I would love to have a development-based conversation about my career progression in the organization. And then start engaging in 
both a development conversation and the pay associated with that. So I think leading with money is I wanted to use an analogy there, but I won't. Leading with money is just not a good idea. It's like leading with sex on a first date. You know what I mean? Like you just you just don't because it's rude. So going in and going, I'm worth more money. And I have been on the other side of too many of these conversations, can I tell you, being in HR my whole career, yeah. where people just send off an email and go, I'm worth more money. And they just write these really narcissistic emails. And it's yeah. not their intent. But the other side of it is who is this person and the audacity of them. So I think you do have to sit back and and have a conversation in a very rational, pragmatic way. Yeah. And then you're going to engage in a more rational conversation with the other person. Because I think there's a people find this really difficult. Like people don't like talking money. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stigmas connected to what you earn and whatever else. So I think it is mm. ten, there'd be a lot of people listening who find it very uncomfortable, the idea of asking for more money. And I think worrying about the downside if they do ask for more money and they're not given it. So the I guess the first one there being if you don't have a locked-in annual or quarterly or whatever it is process where it gets reviewed, hmm. raise it, but raise it in a phased or stepped approach being I want to talk about my long-term career here and then slowly introduce the concept that maybe the role that you therefore be doing, what you're currently being paid isn't isn't market for that. Yeah, and I think it's having, it's asking the question. And my advice when we do management coaching is always lead with questions. Don't lead with ammunition. So, mm. if I was going to go in and have a conversation about salary, my first question to my boss would be, obviously about development. Like, what's but what's the process around salary reviews and salary discussions with mm. the business? How are they typically handled? And and see what they say and say, well, what would your advice for me be? If mm. I wanted to have those type of conversations. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Correct. I have disarmed my boss. My boss is like, oh, mm. my That's advice awesome. is you should put this and this together and or they're going to help you because mm. you're, you're genuinely saying what's the process and what advice could you give me if I wanted to engage in those conversations. Bam. Mm. That's excellent. And we've definitely had staff over the years that have asked the complete wrong way and it just gets you back up, right? But I think mm. if it's a more about you kind of brought along for the journey, the outcome potentially very different. So framing it in the right way, that to me is probably someone who's more in a position where they're reasonably happy with their current employer, but they just feel that maybe what they're earning isn't what is fair or they could be earning. If it is someone who you're looking to jump ship, you've been off, I think this is only relevant if you actually don't mind your current place of, of work. Mm -hmm. You're getting hit up by recruiters. You've been offered another role. It looks on the face of it similar. There's risk with moving. Will the culture be as good? Whatever else. Tips there in terms of because you, you kind of started to touch on it in terms of well, do you let your current employer know that you're starting to, you know, starting to look around or how does that work? Yeah, transparency is a really hard one with this. So advising your employer that you're going to actively start looking is a very risky thing to do. So if I'm going to give an employee advice here, I would say, sure, honesty is wonderful, but telling your employee you're actively going to look for a new job is a very bad conversation to have. Yeah. Um, because from the employer's perspective, you're going to go, oh, no, do I start recruiting for your job now? Because yeah. it takes three to six months to fill your job. I'm going to start recruiting for your job now. So it's just not 
helpful. It, it's an interesting one, though. So you also need to know your own dynamics and where you're at and is there someone in the succession for your role? Is this going to hurt the business? Um, I wouldn't be as open as saying I'm actively looking for a new job and I'm taking interviews. That is probably not my advice to you if you're an yeah. employee. However, if you're unhappy where you are, you should definitely have those conversations. And typically, I like you to categorize them in four areas. I'm unhappy with my job. So, job is the first category. Mm -hmm. Whatever reason that might be, I don't feel empowered. I don't have the tools. I don't have the resources. I actually hate my job. It is boring. It's not leveraging my skills. The second category is manager. That's a harder conversation to have if your manager is the one you're having the conversation with. I don't like how I'm being managed. I'm being micromanaged. I am, I don't know, disempowered, all those things. The third category is team. Mm -hmm. So, how do you feel about your fellow team? And it could be teams, other teams that you deal with. You might love your job, love your manager. You hate someone else in your team or another team. And the fourth thing is the culture or the organization. So you might want to have a conversation around, you know, I love my job, love my team, love my manager, but I don't believe in this organization. Like we're doing nothing good for the world. You know, we're advertising gambling machines and I can't do it anymore. Okay, well, I can't fix that for you. I don't align with the values. I don't see the vision. I'm not inspired by the work we do or the organization is just poorly run. Okay. So those four categories are a really great way to structure a conversation with your manager about any levels of dissatisfaction you have. Because mm. what it allows you to do is is complement the business on things that you do like. I do really like my manager, my team and my culture, but it's the job that's the problem. Yeah. And then you can have a really clear conversation around the job. Like let's talk about finding you roles and opportunities of things that can expand your development. If it's around management, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish. You can talk about how you need to be managed. So I think it helps you go in more prepared, right, rather than I'm unhappy, which is such a vague conversation. Yeah, that's it. And it's probably also helps because I think often if you're dissatisfied at your work, you 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 can't always put your finger on the pulse, right? I think it also helps you in your own brain work out where that dissatisfaction lies and- We've definitely, there's, I think it's an interesting point you raise and in terms of do you go into your current employer say, I'm looking around for new work, I need more money. Certain workplaces, I imagine that'll go down very badly. Certain workplaces will be, let's have a conversation about it and Mm. whatever else. But it is, we do look at um, right person, right seat. We've got lots of people in our business who were once in the right seat, right person, great cultural fit got to a point where they just they didn't like the job anymore. And so it's mm-hmm. okay, cool, let's work on ways to move you into a job function, a team where you are motivated and learning and all that and lots of successful examples of that, which I guess is a good open conversation to have, but probably kind of, I guess, interrelated to the, the pay rise bit, but also a little bit mm. side of as well. And I think those categories are interesting because you'll notice that, so they're what we call the four forces of disengagement. So if there's something disengaging you at work, it's going to be one of those four, something within those four elements. And you'll notice that money is not in those. Yeah, I was going to ask so, you. <laughs> <laughs> there is no money box because yeah. we know that, you know, the stats would tell us that money is such, it's surprisingly a small um, motivator for mm. people. And this is why we see that, you know, there's a lot of data around this, but basically, statistically, if you go into your employer and say, oh, I want $20,000 more, I want a big increase on what I'm on, let's say the organization says yes, 
your high post that pay increase lasts about two weeks. Mm. It's really, really short. And then the disengagement kicks back in. You still hate your job. Mm. Like if you are unhappy and you're just hoping for more money and for all of you out there who've earned great money in a job that made you very sad, you could almost have paid your 50 grand, you're still unhappy. Yeah. The, the money is not fixing that. You're doing a job that you deeply, deeply don't yeah. enjoy. So I guess the premise of this podcast is <laughs> if you're unhappy in your job and you think asking for thing. money, <laughs> don't, don't listen to this podcast. But <laughs> if you're happy in your job mm. or – and no job's perfect, but if generally you're happy and it's a place that job manager, team, organisation are things you can work within or you're looking at a potentially new job that you think will mm. tick those boxes, obviously we'd, we'll all take more money for the same role, right, as long as it's one that we we like. Yeah, I was. it's a really interesting concept because I think that the other thing when it comes to money is how many other options there are. So, yes, it's very important we're all paid appropriately for the job that we do. However, we also know that there are lots of other things that go into making you a successful, happy, thriving employee. Mm. And some of those things are typically around career development. So the other way to structure salary conversations, and this is kind of if they don't go the way you had planned, I'm very happy where I am and I'm not actively looking, but I just know that I need more money and I haven't had a pay rise in two or three years. Like I'm feeling very stagnant and I want to have a conversation please go and have those conversations. Like that is so very important, right? You, you need to be earning what you're worth. It's very important for lots of reasons, including your own mental health. Is like, I'm not being taken advantage of. Yeah. So if you're being underpaid, please address those things proactively. Um, if for whatever reason, those salary conversations don't go as planned, maybe you don't get all the money you wanted, I would use career development as another card up your sleeve because typically what employers are more likely to do or happy to do is actually allocate you budget for training Mm. or career programs or mentorships or coaching that might be several thousands of dollars. So, if you can't get a salary increase, which from a business perspective sits in their P&L mm. and a very clear line around wages and costs yep. that they carry year on year, including leave and lots Super of other things and, that people yep. don't understand because it's just not in your world as an employee, they may be more inclined to do either a one-off bonus or an allocation of training funds for you. Mm. So I think knowing how to have those conversations as well as a backup or as a part of what you're looking for. So you might say, I'm I'm looking for a 5K increase in my salary. And because of where I want to be in my career, I have already written my own development plan. Mm. And here is where I see the opportunity. And for me to do this plan, it will allocate, you know, $1,500 for this program. And I want $500 to go into this community group and really have a clear plan around why you're asking for what you're asking and how it's going to improve the company. And that's the thing, right? I think we're both, I guess we both sit both sides on this um, conversation. And as employers, it's that's fine. But what value to the business as well? It's kind of got to go to go both ways. Um, I, I think that um, my next question was around short-term pay rise versus long-term career growth. But I think we've kind of covered mm-hmm. a lot of that in terms of money is important and you shouldn't be underpaid and you have to feel good about it. But it's not a panacea and it's not going to make you – it's not going to mask over an imperfect workplace or a job for you. Um, I think this question – might be more directed maybe at younger 
marketers early on in their career. I think if you're senior, you probably have the ups and downs and you know that jumping ship to a culture that's not going to be as good might actually make you far less happy as a, as a human. Mm. What do you do? Like you are a, um, you're a grad and you come in on a grad role and then suddenly recruiters hounding you on LinkedIn and I've got this role and that place is desperate for someone with two years experience. You've got one that's close enough and you, you've been given a, a salary increase of 30%. What's your advice there? And, and let's not be too biased. I mean, we're both employers, so we want to want to hang on to great yeah, people. But what's it's like what's, super attractive, yeah, right? That's and right, I think yeah. that's the the challenge for companies when we build those grad programs is how fast we really have to accelerate their salary. And mm. the every six months really is often what they need to be doing to keep that bump just ticking along. Otherwise, they get caught behind very, very quickly Mm. Um, because we know the fastest exponential salary growth does happen earlier on in your career. I mean, that's the reality of it if you look at that curve. So, I think if you are, you know, that newly found grad who's done their first year, it's all about where do you want to be? What's going to be the best thing for your career? And that's a hard thing to think about when someone's dangling a carrot in front of you. And I would be having a look at the people around you. How long have they been with that business? Mm. What, what's their journey been? Have you seen people that, oh, this individual's been here for five years and they're a senior account manager? Like, whoa, they were in my job only a few years ago because this company does develop its people. If you're in those type of cultures, hold on to that job. Mm. However, if you look around and you're like, man, this place burns through people like there's no tomorrow. And people have to move to get any development, or maybe you need to move too. So yep. I think it actually has a lot to do with the workplace that you're in and the climate that you're in. But the best thing you can do is go and have some conversations with people around you in other departments and yep. you know, message them on Slack or pick up the phone and say, Hey, I want to have like a just a real quick career conversation and find out more about your journey with the company and just see what their journey's been like, especially if they've been there for a couple of years. Did they have to ask for their promotion? Was new roles being created for them. Because if you're also in a thriving business that's growing, there will be more opportunities for you. So, again, it's very climate and business dependent. But if you're in a growing organization that's that's typically inclined to promote from within, man, that is a goldmine. Stay there Yeah. versus jumping ship because you may jump into a ship that's got a toxic culture that – doesn't promote from within and you won't get any more progression yeah and where I, I feel so biased on this because we probably have a, we do have a culture where people do move through and they do get promoted and you do go from being a coordinator to a manager to a senior and it uh, i don't say this out of interest as being a business owner but it kills me when i see good young kids that i want to hang on to that do take that short-term pay increase to go to a role that you just look at and go there's no growth there. Like you're, There's no you're, you're stymied, and if you'd stayed here, you and you know, once again, very biased. The culture's good. You're learning. You're recognised. Um, you would actually. I know. I know. I know what will happen in two years' time, three years' time. Yeah. But you, you're not in the place you you should be. Final question. I think like, how do you actually prepare for that meeting? We've talked about the sensitivities around it. Don't be a bull in a in a china shop demanding it in the first meeting don't send the email saying i want this but if you actually do get to the pointy end how do you do it because it is hard we don't like talking money even in foreign business dealings you don't feel comfortable talking cash and this is the most personal cash that (laughs) we get and you know whether you're you know senior marketer that's been around for 20 years or whether you're 30 years or whether you're you know a year into a grad program somewhere like Mm. practical advice on actually asking for salary and negotiating and 
what do you have a right to, to say and what should you maybe stay quiet on? Look, I think the the key thing is you don't compare yourself to others because that would typically be like, oh, you've gone and talked to other people inside the business. And yep. Pretty much every company in Australia has got pretty tight confidentiality clauses, whether you know exist or not. You really can't talk about salary with others, even though Great point. there have been articles out there that have said, go and ask everyone else around you mm. and ignore your confidentiality clause. If you breach that, some employers will get their back up and go, what do you mean you went and talked to everyone about their salary? Mm. And they may have reasons to terminate you on the spot. So you need to be very careful not to do that. Mm. Um, but what I would say is, is view it like any other business conversation. Go in prepared with evidence, situations, with a lot of facts and data around it. So, for example, what are the things that you've accomplished? You know, what's been your growth journey? Where did you start? Where are you at now? What's been that? Where have you put your hand up for additional responsibilities? How do you not only perform well in your role, but you add value to the organization? Give examples of how you've displayed the company values. Mm. You might have been, you put your hand up to be on a, I don't know, social club committee and you've, you've helped volunteer and then you were a buddy for someone and you're, Often those things, your manager doesn't remember. That sounds terrible, yeah, but they don't though, right? because they're managing 10 other people. Yeah. So, it's your job and please do not inflate this. Don't inflate it like a sales pitch deck that's false because your manager will also go, that's not true. Yeah. So, they will call you out on stuff that's not true. And I have seen many cases where people said, oh, I was responsible for the largest deal that we've ever done. And the CEO is like, no, you weren't. I did that. You were in the meeting, but <laughs> you were not responsible. So, yeah. Don't inflate it. Don't BS. But I think especially when you start to show your alignment with the organization, so whether that's from your own job's performance perspective and how you've really gone, not just done the job, but you've gone above and beyond in certain areas, and then talk about your alignment to the organization and its purpose, its values as yeah. well, especially if it's a values-driven business. How have I displayed your company values? This is showing a well-rounded employee. And I would also go in with your future development plan for yourself. So I've sat down and thought about where I want to go, where I've been, but where I want to go in the future. And I know I've got a learning journey to get there. I've outlined some things that I want to do to get there. And this is, I want to get, I talked on my last, this last podcast about the 70, 20, 10 model is 70% yep. experience, 20% um, exposure and 10% on education. Just map out a few things in those areas. And here's where I see myself. Therefore, for all these reasons, I am looking to get a a pay increase that's in alignment with with what I'm presenting here today. There is some mixed messages in about whether you go in with a number. That was my next question. I, I do encourage you to go in with a number. And the reason I say this is because I've been on the other side of the table too many times and they go, oh, I'm on 70K and I want a pay increase. And we go, okay, how much are you looking for? And they go, I don't know, you tell me. Mm. As soon as you do that, I am like discrediting you. Yeah. I want you to at least have thought about it. What I'm looking for for this increment is I'd love to be on 80K if that means that, you know, for me, I'm seeing that my it's moving and I'd love to have another conversation in 12 months' time and for this to kind of be a pattern as long as I can continue to prove myself and I'm mm -hmm. happy to be outlined with KPIs. Don't go in and go, I want to be earned $50,000 more. Like, don't be crazy. Do you like, ask for what you expect or do you ask for twice what you want and then expect to be met halfway? Look, I 
I think you'd be surprised. People think it's like they think it's a car negotiation. It's not. Mm. Go in and say, for this amount of money, I would. This would keep me really focused, engaged, and I wouldn't need to think about it anymore. Mm. Take money off the table. Just, just give them the realistic number. Please don't go. Oh, I'm going to say I need 95, knowing that they're going to give me 80, because then I feel as the employer, I haven't given you what you wanted, mm. and you're going to be disengaged. Mm. Versus, I've actually met you where you're at. I don't think employers, in all of my time, have we deliberately negotiated on a reasonable offer. If you come in with something reasonable, we're very likely to proceed. It's when we get the unreasonable, inflated ones that go all the way up to the CEO and they laugh at it. Hmm. Let's be honest, they do laugh at it and go, what the hell? And then we have to justify it. So I think keep it in something that's reasonable. The the golden rule I give people is 10%. And that's a really interesting one because for smaller salaries, you know, if you're on 60K and you say 10% at 6K, it might not seem like enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that the lower you are, like it's it's a harder one. But if you think about CPI, so that standard yeah. salary increase companies do globally, hovers around 2% at yeah. most. So 10% when I used to work in global companies was for a promotion. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking for more than 10%, you really need to think twice about why you're asking for more than 10% increase on your salary. Um, so they're just some guidelines. I think that's right. And obviously the current environment, different industries, mm-hmm. it's all, you know, it's a slightly unusual um, circumstance. But And as yeah. an employer, it feels good when someone comes to you and you know that if you can kind of come to agreement on the money, there's actually a plan there. You know that in your mind they're bought in for the next 12 months. They've got a clear plan of what they want to achieve. If you give them what they want and it's a reasonable ask, um, if they can then deliver the same for the next 12 months, they're going to get the same. And there's this nice positive pattern that works for both sides. And, yeah, I think being asked for a really high ask, knowing that it's never going to be given, you kind of feel, ugh, haven't given what they want. Is there Are they kind of going to be out looking, looking at you know other roles in the next – Six months mm-hmm. or whatever. So, and your employer doesn't want to negotiate with you. Sorry, we we yeah. don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> so like we just, you don't want to be in that situation where you're in an official salary negotiation again. Yeah, so that's I, it. I, just go in with realistic. This is what I think, and no, I'm likely to get, and yeah. I'm worth. Yep, a fair exchange of value, right? I think that's the, exactly. Yeah, that's what both sides want. Alicia, that's been awesome. So good having you back on the pod. I think. Some really practical takeaways there as to how to actually go about, first of all, ascertaining what your value, what the, the value of the role you're doing might be worth, looking at ways to assess that, but then also I think weighing it up more broadly as to is money everything and what other things that make for, for, I think, a satisfying kind of work, work-life work balance. So, Alicia, thanks for being back on the pod and um, hopefully we'll have you again soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.